Amen. Amen. Let's take our Bibles this morning. Please turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 this morning. And we're going to finish up our Christmas series called Come. The Lord Jesus Christ came to extend an invitation that we might come to him. And so Luke chapter 1, I'm going to read the Christmas story a little bit this morning. And uh, we missed out on that this year, Christmas Eve service. We normally do that. But this morning we'll read a little bit about the Christmas story. And then we'll get right into our message, Luke chapter 1. I also want to mention Brother uh, Gord Spong was in the hospital uh, Christmas Eve into Christmas Day. He came home. Uh, yesterday morning, very early, and he has an inflammation in his knee so bad he can't walk right now. And so be in prayer for him. And of course, if you know, he's uh, Eileen's caregiver, so it's very important that he gets back on his feet. And so they've given him some uh, medication to help reduce the inflammation. And I know he'd appreciate so much if you would pray for him. Yesterday was his 91st birthday, and he spent it at the emergency and in the drugstore and all the rest. And so he didn't have a very good day. I was talking to him yesterday. But uh, pray for him and, and give him a call and encourage him. They'd love to hear from you. And uh, just pray for Brother Spong and Eileen, of course, as well. And, of course, while he's at the hospital, she's not sleeping. She's worried. And so they just had kind of a rough weekend. And I know they'd appreciate uh, your care for them. This morning, we're going to talk about the response to the invitation. Three weeks ago, we started this series with the recipient Whosoever will may come. We have an invitation that's been extended because Christ came to us, as Austin just sang. We couldn't achieve uh, anything that was worthy of God's love for us. God loved us anyway. And uh, we appreciate so much that he would lay aside all that he laid aside, his glory and heaven and the, and the adoration of angels and saints, and he would come and be our Savior laid aside everything that he might walk humbly among us and become obedient under the death of the cross. And then two weeks ago, we looked at the reason for the invitation. Why did Christ come? To save the world from their sins. And last week, of course, we had our Christmas cantata, but we looked at uh, the reward of the invitation, both abundant life and eternal life for those that will put their faith in Jesus Christ. Well, today I want to close out this series with this final message, the response to the invitation. How are we to respond to all of that? And so let's look at Luke chapter 1 this morning. Luke chapter 1, and I'm not going to preach anything real heavy today. I know it's Christmas time, and I, I, I know there's some other pastors visiting today. We have Brother T. Bolt and Jeanette here, and, and uh, pastoring in Ohio, and then of course Brother Axler. You know after a lot of Christmases, it's hard to squeeze more messages out of just those few chapters. And so we, we kind of get creative sometimes. And so this year it's been a little different. We've been preaching from other passages. But today we're going to look at Luke chapter 1 and three characters, three characters that responded to this invitation that Christ extended. And so let's look this morning, Luke chapter 1. We'll read just a few verses, verse 26. The Bible says, In the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee, named Nazareth. By the way, I, I'm sorry, young people, I forgot to dismiss you. So if you're looking for junior church, you may go now. Uh, that crowd that just left has gone to junior church. You're more than welcome to join them as I'm reading. Let me read again, verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. 
And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call to his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Jump over to chapter 2. We'll read some verses there as well. And we'll finish out the Christmas story. We'll pray and then we'll get right into the message this morning. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, and unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. There were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all things. And they heard that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love you, we thank you, and praise you for your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that you would help us to always bring him glory, not just at Christmas season. We pray that you'd help us in the word of God today. May the spirit of God fill us and teach us your word today. And Lord, I do pray that you'd fill me. I surrender and I ask for your help. I desperately need it. And Father, we just pray that you would help us to leave this place today, having received something from thee. Lord, bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So how do we respond to this invitation that's been extended? You might say, well, I just accept it. I believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. We talked the first week about whosoever will may come. 
We looked at verses in Revelation that talked about taking of the water of that fountain of life. And we talked about the tree of life. And we talked about whoever could come and take of it was welcome to come. We understood that Jesus himself said, come unto me, all ye that labor are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And we know that the invitation has been extended, and we might just answer quickly, I'll just receive it by faith. That's wonderful today for the child of God. If you, in fact, have put your faith in Jesus Christ and trusted him to save you, and then by his grace, he has washed away your sins, and you have been saved. But you know, most of the world today is not like that at all. They respond differently to this invitation that God has given us. So I just want to look quickly this morning at three people. We will not keep you long. I know that and understand it's a holiday weekend, and, and I, I don't want to take away from the Lord at all. I want to focus on the Word of God. But I want you to understand this morning just a very short, concise message on how do we respond to this invitation. Notice, if you will, the first character we come to in the Word of God is Joseph. If you'll turn back to Matthew chapter 1, we notice that, that Joseph responded very differently than Mary did. Now, I've entitled this, Those Who Doubt Him. Those Who Doubt Him. Have you ever met somebody that doubted the gospel message? We try to share the Lord Jesus Christ with them. They say, well, that's just a book of fairy tales, the Bible. We don't believe that. As a matter of fact, I remember a few years ago when I was in Stony Creek reading a newspaper article of a message that an Anglican bishop had preached at the church in Grimsby and uh, the, the Anglican church there and his name was, last name was Spong. I remember it because of Brother Spong and I, I hope they're not related. I hope they have nothing to do with each other. But this fellow Spong got up and he preached and he was talking about, he says, do you believe that Christ was really born of a virgin? Are we expected to believe that? And he basically tore apart the fundamentals of the faith and the things that we hold dear as children of God, the miraculous birth of Christ, the blood atonement of Jesus Christ, the resurrection. He didn't believe in any of it. He said the book, the Bible is just a, a good book that gives us principles to live by, but none of it is true at all. He should pack his bags and get out of the ministry immediately. He'll stand before God for his blasphemy. But you know, the truth is, is a lot of people we come in contact with are like that. He just said out loud what a lot of people are thinking, and they doubt the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the truth is, there's a lot of people in this room today that say, I once doubted. Until something supernatural took place in my heart, and the Holy Spirit convinced me and taught me that I was a sinner in need of a Savior, and that Jesus Christ loved me enough to shed his blood to pay the price for my sins. Until that miraculous change took place in your life, you too doubted for a while. Not everybody gets saved the first time they hear the gospel. Now, I want to suggest to you tonight, this morning that Joseph was a doubter. Notice what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 1. And look at verse 18 with me. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Now understand where we are in the story. Mary has already conceived that means the angel has already come to Mary and announced to her that she would conceive of the Holy Ghost and she would be with child and his name shall be called Jesus. And she knew all of these things that were going on in her body. And now she has gone and communicated that to Joseph. Joseph, guess what? I'm having a child. 
It's not just any child. He will be the Christ. He'll be the son of the most high God. He is the Messiah. And I have found favor among women. And God has seen fit to place this Holy One within me by conception of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph said, you got to be kidding me. You've been reading Isaiah and you think you are the fulfillment of that prophecy. But you expect me to believe it? The Bible says that Joseph was a just man. He wasn't willing to make her a public example, so he would put her away privily. Understand what is going on. Joseph doubted her word. Sometimes we think that if we can run to somebody with the message of Jesus Christ and the gospel and tell them how Christ was born of a virgin, he lived a perfect life, and he died a sinless death, and he shed his blood to pay the price for our sins, we think, boy, if they just hear this message, they'll be saved. But Joseph doubted. He didn't believe the word of Mary. Instead, he started making plans and arrangements. The Bible says he was thinking on these things. Look what it says in verse 20. But while he thought on these things, he was considering, what do I do? What human wisdom can I exercise here? How can I best protect Mary from the masses? And and no, I cannot marry her, but I don't want her to be shamed. I don't want her to be a public example because he loved her. But as far as he was concerned, the engagement was over. But then something supernatural took place. While he thought on these things, verse 20, Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. You know, sometimes we get discouraged because some folks don't accept the message that we have to share with them. Do you remember when you first got saved? How excited you were about what the Lord did for you. And you wanted to tell everybody. You wanted to make sure that your loved ones were going to heaven. So you shared the gospel and you were shocked that they were not saved. They did not believe like you believed. I think Joseph is a lesson for us that in the flesh we can do nothing. But when the Holy Spirit comes along and something supernatural takes place in the life, God can convince them. And we must just keep faithfully sharing the message and praying. And I, I don't know how many times Mary may have begged Joseph and pleaded with Joseph to believe her story to, that, that she tried to rehearse in his ears over and over again. But Joseph, please, God has chosen me. God has chosen us. And yet he considered putting her away until God sent an angel. And proclaimed the blessed message. And Joseph's heart changed. Friend, don't be discouraged when you're sharing this good news with others. The Bible says that there will be mockers, there will be scorners, there will be scoffers. But God is long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. And that if we will surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God and allow God to work, 
Perhaps one day they'll be saved. Joseph doubted, but it wasn't forever. Eventually he accepted the message as God authenticated it in his heart. There's another that we see, another group of people represented in the Bible, I believe, this morning. There was those who, those who uh, doubted, but there was also those who despised him. Those who despised him. Matthew chapter 2, it says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. And Herod the king had heard these things. He was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not thou the least of the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them back to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed unto Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. There aren't just those who doubt him, there are those who despise him. You know, I remember as a child down at the church on Maple Street, Bethel Baptist Church, I remember coming out of Sunday school one day and it was in those days where we would bus back and forth. We still we had a new building here in the early 80s, and we still had the building down there, and Sunday school would be there, and we'd bus back and forth between the two. And I remember coming out to get on a bus or something, and somebody had taken a black magic martin and written on one of those granite windowsills, you bunch of Jesus freaks. And I remember as a little boy, 10 years old or whatever I was, thinking, how can anybody say that? Don't they know they're going to stand before God? And it bothered me. But I've come to realize as I got older, there's a lot of people that despise Jesus. For a lot of people, Jesus is nothing more than a cuss word. It's not Merry Christmas, it's Merry Xmas. They'll do whatever they can. Most don't even say Merry Christmas anymore. It's just Happy Holidays, Seasons Greetings. And that can mean any gamut of holidays that are going on right now for different religious groups. There are those today that just don't have a respect for God. They despise him. Herod was a wise king. 
Not in God's wisdom, but in worldly wisdom. He learned a lot about the Jews. He understood a lot about their religion and how to lead them. And because of that, he was able to turn to his scribes and his Pharisees and say to them, where does the scripture say that the Christ shall be born? When the wise men came and shared their story with Herod, he knew exactly who this child was. He was the Christ. That makes his crime even worse, doesn't it? He wasn't just trying to kill the next king of Israel. He was trying to kill the king of kings and the Lord of lords. So he sent out his soldiers, his armies, to destroy all the children that were two years and younger. You know, throughout history, we have known of diabolical and satanic men that have done terrible and horrible things and live in infamy. Perhaps Herod is the worst of all of them to target innocent babies and to murder them. I mean, I, I feel like preaching on abortion right now, Brother Paul, but we're not going to do that, but you get the application. We live in a similar generation. Herod was a wicked man, and he despised the Lord Jesus Christ. And though I know that God is not willing that any should perish, there's an absolute truth, friend. That if you go to your grave despising the Lord Jesus Christ, you will perish just like Herod. Lost in your sins, forever condemned to eternity without Christ in a place called hell. You say, how do you know that Herod didn't make a deathbed confession? I don't know that. But this I do know. Jesus could not return to the land until after Herod was dead. So he held on to those beliefs till the day he died. Perhaps he confessed, perhaps he repented at the last moment. The Bible does not tell us. But there are those today still that, do you know the God of this world is still at work today? I, I, I think every generation probably says, I, I don't know that it could ever get any worse than what it is today. Well, friends, you ain't seen nothing yet. The devil is still like a roaring lion seeking who may be devour. And if I read the Bible correctly, once, once the, the church is raptured, boy, the, I, don't, I don't say this as a cuss word, all hell is going to break loose on earth. It's going to be a time like no other. Satan is still very much alive and well and working in our realm. Herod, satanically inspired, despised the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, we ought not be surprised when we name the name of Christ and people get offended. When you pray in the lunchroom and people go, oh, here goes the holy roller again. Do you know that Peter and John returned to the church after healing the lame man by the gate called Beautiful? And they were so pleased that they were able to suffer shame for his namesake. It was an honor and a privilege. Friend, that same devil is still at work today. Be thankful, be thankful that you have Christ in your heart, the Holy Spirit to get you through those situations. There are still those today who despise him. So when we respond to this invitation, there's those that will doubt, there are those who will despise. Don't be surprised by that. But here's one more. There are those who delight in him. Turn, if you will, back to another passage that we already read this morning, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. 
Now, we could, we could speak of a few people here that delighted in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that the angels sang glory to God in the highest. They proclaimed glad tidings of great joy. But they had inside information. They'd already met God. They'd met Christ in heaven. They knew the pre-incarnate Christ. They knew what was going on. But there was others that had to believe it by faith. The shepherds had to turn aside and see this great sight. The wise men saw the star and they discerned in their hearts what God was doing and so they traveled from afar to see this child, to offer him gifts. They delighted. They had to believe by faith. But I want you to look this morning at Mary. Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We already read in verse 26, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, supposed to a man. And the Bible says in verse 28, the angel came in unto her and said, Hail thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And he proceeds to tell Mary exactly what's going to take place. Now jump down to verse 38 and we'll see Mary's response. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Mary surrendered completely to the will of the Lord by faith. He said, well, the angel came and told her exactly what was going to happen. I mean, if an angel showed up in my room, I'd do the same. Understand what Mary was doing, though. She was saying, I'm going to be a single teenager walking around pregnant and a society that would stone people for doing that. I'm going to bring shame upon my family, dishonor upon Joseph. But she was willing. Her response to the invitation was complete and full surrender to God. She just said, I'm going to give of myself that I might fulfill God's will for my life. Isn't it wonderful when somebody just completely surrenders to what God is doing? You hear a message and God pricks a heart and somebody goes and they surrender. The Apostle Paul, I wish he had surrendered sooner before he killed so many people. When the Lord Jesus Christ stopped him on the road to Damascus, he says, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks, plural. In other words, God had been pricking his heart for some time now and many things were provoking him by the Holy Spirit of God and yet Saul held on until he was stopped in the road and Jesus himself spoke. Had he surrendered sooner, so many more would be alive. But Mary, who had found favor with God upon her first encounter, said, be it unto me according to thy word. Whatever you want, God, that's what I want to do. You know, I think today, if you know Jesus as your Savior, that's something we could all pray. I, I'm not, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but I think we can pattern ourselves after somebody like Mary, who when God pricks our hearts or God speaks to our hearts or God gives us a clear leading, we simply say, whatever you want, Lord, I surrender. Whatever your will is, I'll do it. We read too often in the Bible, those that resist the will of God, and, and we see that Jacob had to walk with a limp. God got his attention. 
Saul had a, a thorn in his side that endured throughout his life to learn that God's grace is sufficient. But how many times can you testify that I've just held out too long and, and I missed the blessing of God or I, I haven't surrendered to what God wanted and I missed doing what he needed me to do because I'm stubborn, because I'm unsurrendered, maybe because I'm afraid of where God may send me. Mary is a great example to us that we just simply give all to the Lord. It is what we are all called to do. Receive this invitation to come to him by faith. Yes, Lord, I believe. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Maybe today you're hearing this story that we read earlier about the Lord Jesus Christ coming and God is pricking your heart and you're saying, what do I do? You receive him. You accept the invitation. He's speaking unto you today, and here's what I know from experience. Hearts can get cold and hard, but we must surrender to him. Call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Believer, what about you? Are you willing to start another year and say, I'll do whatever God wants me to do? I'll step up by faith. I'll believe. You know, it's how we're saved by grace. Are you saved through faith? It's how we please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. We must be a people of faith. I think a lot of times in our culture, we're people of comfort. We want to know where everything is coming from. We want to know how we're going to supply the need. Mary didn't know any of that. She just stepped out by faith and said, I'll accept I'll believe. I'll do whatever you want me to do, God. Would we do the same? Would we receive this invitation to come to him and say, God, I completely surrender? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes today for a moment. Pastor Paul's going to come and lead an invitation. We have a baptism this morning. Maybe there's one here today I've, that would say, I've never accepted the invitation to be saved. I realize or I understand that we're all sinners. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that the wages of that sin is death. Christ came for a reason. To save his people from their sins. I must come to him. I must put my faith in him. I must trust him. Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I must call on him today. We'd like to help you with that. We'd be happy to take a Bible and go through the gospel with you and show you what it means to have eternal life. Would you stand this morning as the instruments begin to play? If God has spoke to your heart, you come. Pastor Paul will put a lady with a lady, a man with a man will answer any questions you have. Maybe there's some believers here today who say, I just need to do what Mary did. I need to distrust. I need to quit doubting. And I need to delight in him. I just need to believe. I just need to follow. I just need to trust. Some of you might be going through some hard times right now. You need to trust God. Think about what Christmas means. If Christ can come and be born of a virgin and live a perfect life and die on a cross, you don't think he can take care of your problems? Trust him. Believe on him.